name's Rick Cole. And I'm Dean Cole, his wife. And uh, we are current leaders in our uh, house church, uh, our community group in Sterlington, Louisiana. Some of the guys at church came and asked us if we would be interested in, in hosting our house for a community group. And we got so excited. I mean, it took seconds, I think, for us to decide, yes, this is what we want to do. And so we started uh, putting it together and came to the group link last year. And but it has just grown throughout the year. And, uh, and just every Sunday night has been such a blessing. The reason I love our house church and the reason that our, our community group, that, uh, and I want to do this because my yard gets mowed every week. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite part. <laughs> and on top of that, for the cherry on top, I have some of the best friends I could ever have. They're so genuine. We, we go out to dinner together. We go to events together, uh, travel together. I, I have never experienced anything like that in my life before because I would not commit to being a part of anything at any church I'd been to previously. My spiritual walk has grown so much since we started doing the community group. And uh, studying and, and, and teaching lessons uh, has been wonderful. It's, it's made the, the Holy Spirit just really... Um, uh, lift me up and teach me, and uh, it's such a blessing uh, to be involved in this. And also with the reengage, it was such a blessing to go through that program. It helped our marriage. Uh, it helped the way we communicate. It helped the way that we deal with situations on everyday life. It brought God right in the middle of our relationship, and we were, you know, we thought we were on the right path. That was amazing, and we just became so much stronger as a couple through that and then that encourages me or both of us to move into the next small group and the next small group it, it, it just gets richer and richer I would encourage anybody that wants to go to a community group to get involved and see what kind of love and what kind of family that you will develop by being in these smaller groups and, and listening to the stories and the testimonies and and the things that people go through, uh, I guess, every day in their walk with Jesus. Well, I would say to anyone out there that is hesitating, as I did for years, don't die. I, there are so, there's, well, there's quite a few ladies in our group that were the same as me. They didn't, they didn't want to get involved. They didn't want to make a connection with someone else. They wanted to keep their distance. Don't do that, guys. You're you're stealing from yourself. It is God just blesses it over and over and over again. So put your fear behind you. That's it. Let's give the, let's give those guys a hand. Right Rick and Dean, y'all did a fantastic job uh, sharing your story in that video. Church family, welcome. It is so good to have y'all with us this morning. If you got your Bibles handy, open it to Matthew chapter 20. This morning we're starting a new sermon series that we're calling Life Committed. Life Committed. And in, in this Life Committed sermon series, what we're going to be talking through are the values of WFR Church. Last week we talked about transformed through connection 
and there was a really cool dog on stage, and I'm just not going to be that cool this morning, all right? So that just gives you a visual of what that was like if you were not here, okay? In Matthew chapter 18, I'm going to share with you a story of a microscopic, what I consider uh, authentic community, a microscopic authentic community in Matthew chapter 20. But before I get there, I want to share with you a couple of things about the two values we're talking about this morning. And the two WFR values that we're talking about this morning that you heard Rick and Deanne speak about in their video are community and authenticity. Everybody say those with me. Community and authenticity. That was seven of you. Let me, see, let me hear it again. Community and authenticity. There you go. What we're doing in this sermon series is we're picking two of our values that really correspond with one another. And for this opening sermon, we're going to be talking about these two, community and authenticity. If you got your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 20, flip back a couple of chapters to Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20. This is not on screen. If you got your tablet or your iPhone or some device you can look up a a, a verse on. Once you go to Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20, if you don't have something to write with, grab something. I want you to write that verse down, Matthew 18, 20. Jesus says, and he's saying this generally, where two or three people are gathered in my name, I am in their midst. Where two or, people, where, where two or three people are gathered in my name, I will gather there with them. That's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 18. And verse 20, friends, there are not many times in the gospel accounts where Jesus gives us the prescription for ushering in his presence. There are not many times where Jesus says, listen, if you want to meet with me, here's the way to really gather with me, to really fellowship with me, to really experience my presence. In Matthew 18 and verse 20, he says, hey, where two or three are gathered, if you want my presence to be with you, then two or three of you need to gather in my name and I will be in your midst. That's the importance of community. The other scripture I want to give you is John chapter 8 and verse 32. You've heard me say this before. Repetition is your friend. I want you to write it down and I want you to meditate on these two scriptures. Matthew 18, 20 and John chapter 8, verse 32. The Bible says this. Jesus finds this woman who's caught in adultery. Uh, Actually, these people find this woman who's caught in adultery. They ask Jesus to come over. They say, what should we do to this woman? He says, you are without sin. Cast the first stone. And as he gives his teaching there in John chapter 8 in verse 32... Jesus says, then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I talk about two meanings to that specific text. The first is, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's what John chapter 14 and verse 6 says. If we truly know our Lord Jesus Christ, and we have an authentic faith that He exists and He is faithful to save those who believe in Him, then we have true, real, authentic life. Okay? The second thing I teach about that is when we disclose the truth about what is going on with us, we're set free. And when we disclose the truth and we know the truth about us and we let that truth be known, we're set free. That's how we expose the dark, sinful stuff in our lives 
to the light that is the love and the spirit and the power of the God we serve. Somebody give me an amen right there. So, so let, me, let me give you the equation because I put this together in two different ways. If you've got a pen, I want you to write this down. All right? The equation here is community plus authenticity equals connection. Community plus authenticity equals connection. Connection between you and others and also connection between you and God. That's the formula. Community plus authenticity equals connection. Now, sometimes in church we get this twisted. We want to do community, but authenticity is very difficult. I want to come to the church potluck and I want to hang out and I want to shake hands and I want to put on a smile and I want to feel a part of a community, but I don't really want to be authentic. I don't really want to share my deep, dark stuff. I don't really want to let people know what's going on with me. I really don't want to disclose the truth about what I'm dealing with. Here's another formula. Community without authenticity equals theater. Community without authenticity is theater. What we're doing when we gather together in community and we are not authentic is we're play acting. We're play acting. We're pretending to be who we think someone else thinks we should be. And in spirituality across the United States, the temptation is to fall into that way of life. To fall into a pattern where I don't have to really disclose what's going on with me. I don't really have to share what's going on with me. I I really don't have to let people know what my struggles are. As long as I can be connected to enough people and shake enough people's hands and go to enough church potlucks and pray for enough people, then I really feel like I'm connected, but I'm just play acting. I got a mask on in a theater production of my life. Community without authenticity equals theater. But there's another piece of that equation. If I have authenticity without community, that leads to desperation. If I have authenticity without community, that leads to desperation. Here's what's happening in my life if that's true for me. If that's true for me, I have this stuff that I'm ready to get honest about. I have this stuff that I'm ready to share. Maybe the Spirit's been working on me through conviction and I know the two different lives I'm leading are no longer working for me and i got to get honest in front of God and i got to get honest in front of people so that I can have God and others surround me and help disciple me through life and help me get rid of this sinful stronghold stuff going on in my life. But if I don't have a community of men and women who serve Jesus Christ to connect with, then all that leads me to is just being desperate it leads me to just being desperate and have no real way of healing the stuff that's going on with me without that community to surround me and walk through me in that y'all just say amen right there so we need both we need both we need a community of men and women who are going to seek after jesus christ And we need that community to be authentic. To say, you know what, I'm terminally human. I've got this incurable illness called being human. And I'm flawed. And because of my flaws, I'm going to be making mistakes. And when I make those mistakes, I'm going to feel embarrassed about them. And when I feel embarrassed about those mistakes, I'm going to tend to not want to share them. But I know I've got to share them. I know I've got to be honest. I know I've got to disclose the truth. 
so that when something is going on with me, I can be surrounded and supported and encouraged. That's what authentic community is about. There's a difference, in other words, in just being together and really being together, really living together. I was thinking about different ways of preaching and teaching this, and I was going to build off those two scriptures, and I was going to hit hard. Matthew 18, 20, if we gather in community for the purpose of seeking after Jesus, He's there in our midst, and we need Him to transform our lives. And I was going to really hit on John 8, 32, because I get to work with lots of people uh, during the week who are sharing with me their deepest stuff. I had one, one person disclose trauma from their childhood that they that they'd never told anybody before this last week it man to expose that to the light and be able to really tell a trusted other hey i've been through some stuff and it hurt and i've never shared this with anybody and i need to get this off my chest that's that's freeing but I, I, was, I was reading my Bible a couple of weeks ago and this story from Matthew chapter 20 really registered with me. And again, it's an example of this kind of microscopic little authentic community. And if we'll live like these two blind dudes in this text live, we'll see the same kind of results in our lives that they saw in their lives. So I want to just preach this example to you and then we're going to wrap up and I pray you'll be challenged by this this morning. Let's go to the text now. Matthew chapter 20. I'm going to read verses 29 through 31. It's the tail end of that chapter. And here's what's happening. Jesus and his disciples, at this point, they're leaving Jericho. And a large crowd is following after these guys. And two blind men were sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted. This is maybe what it sounded like. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. There's this big group of people going by and there are these two blind guys that hear that Jesus is going by and no doubt they know who Jesus is and what he's capable of. And they say, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And the crowd rebukes them and tells them to be quiet. Listen to how these guys respond. But they shout all the more. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus stops and calls out to them, What do you want me to do for you? And and they said, Lord, we want our sight. And Jesus had compassion on them, and he touched their eyes, and immediately they received their sight. And they followed after him. In life, we shout a lot, right? I have uh, three kids. Y'all know, y'all know my family story. I got a nine, seven, and five. So I have perfected shouting in my home so much that I don't even have to shout sometimes. I just have this look I can do. Y'all know what I'm talking about, that look. You can practically hear the lightsabers. From my eye. And my kids know what's up when I when they hear that look because I've shouted so much in my own home. Okay? That's 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 bad shouting. We shout for football games, we shout when 
Mayweather and McGregor are fighting uh, and we're completely wrong about how that turns out and how ridiculous it was. We spent that much money on that ridiculous fight and how the real fight's going to happen when my spouse sees the bill, right, for the fight. That, those are the kind of reasons we shout. Authentic communities shout to encounter Jesus Christ. Authentic communities shout to encounter Jesus Christ. And there's a few things that brings that bring authentic communities together. The most powerful thing that brings authentic communities together is represented here in this text. It's a need. It's a need. But for needs to bring people together, people have to be honest about what their needs really are. And our knee-jerk reaction is not to be honest about what our needs are, but there comes a point in life, and I promise you this, if you're somebody who struggles with being honest about your needs, there's going to become a point where the pain of keeping the secret doesn't compare to the pain of disclosing for, for the hope of getting the healing. That's where these guys are. Man, they are so in need of God's healing. They're so in need of God's power that the pain of being quiet doesn't compare to the pain of the humiliation they experience at risking voicing their need and shouting out together to hear from God and have Him minister to their need. And that point will come in each of your lives. And you know this to be true because you've been there before. If you haven't already, it'll come. Where, the, where, where you have to be honest about your need. One thing I think is interesting about this text, if you remember uh, the first verse we read, verse 29, Jesus and his disciples are leaving a certain town. You remember, you remember the name of the town. It's a place called Jericho. And perhaps you remember the story of Jericho. It's, it's Joshua chapter 6, verses 2 through 4. I got this on the screen. God says to Joshua, I've delivered Jericho in your hands. Jericho is this fortified city with this big wall around it. And along with the king and its fighting men, they're, they're in your hands. March around once, march around the city once with all your armed men and do that for six days. One time each day for six days, the, the Israelites were supposed to march around Jericho. And then have the seven priests on the trumpets, uh, carry the trumpets, the ram's horns in front of the ark. So this is the process and on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing on the trumpets. And when you hear a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. And then the wall of the city is going to collapse and the army will go up and everyone can go straight in. God's doing something in, in the Israelites as they're surrounding Jer Jericho once a day for seven days. But it's not until the Israelites decide they're going to give their all and, and embarrass themselves and humiliate themselves before God and shout with a loud shout. It's not until that moment that the walls come tumbling down, that the thing they need to destroy in their situation becomes destroyed by the power of God. And so often in our lives, it's not till that moment that we authentically shout, that we're authentically desperate, that we authentically worship God, that we authentically share the need. It's not until that moment that the strongholds in our lives come tumbling down. And when we shout, how does the world react? When we're on an authentic community and we shout, how does the world react? It reacts just like the crowd reacts in this specific text from Matthew 20. The crowd rebukes these blind guys who call out to Jesus in that moment. The crowd rebukes them. 
I, w- I want you to think to yourself, I was going to do this, but I thought, I, I really don't want to embarrass anybody, but I should. I'm, I'm trying to make eye contact with some of y'all. And those who I'm making eye contact, what would you do in this moment if I called you up on stage and I said, I just want you to shout. I just want you to give me a shout of praise to God by yourself up here. You come up here super nervous and embarrassed. This is what you do. I don't care if you're one of the guys who was looking at me like, yeah, come on, I'll do it. (laughs) If I asked you to come up here and shout, you'd be all nervous. You'd be all nervous and you'd get up here and say, well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And it'd be the weakest, sissiest shout I've ever heard in my life. That's the truth. Okay, but if I asked you to pick five of your closest friends to come up here and shout with you, man, all of a sudden your shout goes from, well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And just because the crowd rebukes these guys doesn't stop them from shouting. And I think the secret to their shouting all the more is that they have found someone who will shout alongside them. Why does the crowd rebuking these guys not cause them to go, you know what, this is tough, we feel humiliated, we feel embarrassed, we feel scared, we feel uncertain, so we just turn and walk the other way. Why doesn't this crowd scare them away? Why doesn't this crowd's rebuke cause them to stop? Because they have an all the more acquaintance that helps them in their moment of need. They got somebody who's willing to stand beside them, battle beside them, fight with them, walk with them, shout alongside them in the moment of their need. And that's the purpose of authentic community. These guys are walking with each other. They share a need. They share a need for the Savior. And they're willing to shout to the Savior. They got an all the more acquaintance that empowers them to do that despite the rebuke of the crowd. These guys have an all the more acquaintance that is willing to shout with them. And they've got an all the more attitude. They got an all the more attitude. They authentically want their need to be resolved. It's not enough just to have somebody who's willing to walk alongside me, who shares a need similar to I do, to the, to the need I have, who wants to hear from the Savior. It's not enough just to have an all the more acquaintance. I need an all the more attitude where when the crowd rebukes me or I feel embarrassed or I feel humiliated or I feel insecure, I'm willing to surrender my insecurities and my embarrassment and my humiliation and I'm willing to boldly make my need known before the Lord, to boldly confess, to boldly share, to be authentic. And if I have an all the more acquaintance and if I've got an all the more attitude, then I'm going to experience an incredible transformation. Now right there you need to shout amen or I'm going to call you up on stage for real and embarrass all of y'all, okay? This is, this is the thing that I, I feel like really holds God's people back. We either do community without authenticity and so we're just playing theater or we have authenticity but we don't have community and so we're just desperate. And if, we, if the two can coexist for us and we can have authenticity and community, then it'll be easier for us to have an all the more acquaintance. Somebody will stand beside, our, beside us when we are really struggling and need to hear from God. And somebody who will help us have an all the more attitude when we really feel humiliated and embarrassed 
about what our needs are. The Israelites find themselves in, 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 Sam, in, the, in the book of Samuel fighting against the Philistines. This is 1 Samuel chapter 4, 5 and 6. And they're worried they're going to get beat up because they don't have the presence of God fighting with them. But then something happens that changes the nature of that situation. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord happens into the Israelite camp. God's people are gathered together. He shows up in their midst. And and let me pick up the text right there. When the ark of the Lord's covenant comes into the camp and the presence of God is ushered in, all Israel raised such a great shout that the ground shook. These guys were so excited. They were so moved. They were so in need of God's presence that when it showed up, they could not keep themselves contained. And they shout so loud, the ground shakes. And their enemies go, what in the world is this that's going on in the Hebrew camp? And they get afraid. And in some of our lives, in some of your lives, and sometimes in my life, I want to shout, but I really don't want to become an earth shaking shouter and so when we're and and that's my challenge i want you here tonight i said this last year at this same time of the year and i want to say this again i want you to cancel plans tonight and i want you to i want you to come to group link i want you to be a part of a community group and i want you to live in community authentic with other men and women who are also pursuing jesus christ who I promise you are just as messed up and flawed as you are. And if you'll get together with these guys, and if you'll seek the face of God, and if you'll be authentic with your need, God's presence will show up. And if you will worship God and voice your need and pray and shout, not just some little second grade shout, but some earth shaking shout if you'll really start seeking god and praising god and worshiping god together and shake the earth with your shouting your whole situation will be transformed and every wall that stands in your way will be broken by the power of god for some of you that starts right now this morning some of you have a need in your life that you, you need God to minister to. You've got a situation where you need God to just show up and break down those strongholds like He does for the Israelites in Jericho or like He does for the Israelites when the, when the Philistines are scared of their earth-shaking shouting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close this morning with a prayer. And as I close, I want you to draw to mind that situation in your life that you need God to minister to. And I, and I want you to take the first steps at becoming a really authentic follower of Jesus who's really ready to live in community with other people who are following Him. Come forward after I pray while we sing. Lay that need out before this group of men and women and let the Spirit of God transform your situation. Let's pray. Precious Heavenly Father, I come before You. I thank You so much, God, for Your Word and for the encouragement we find there. And thank You for two Guys with with needs that stand side by side and are willing to cry out to you. God, because they're willing to stand side by side, they, they, they don't have to be influenced negatively by the crowd which rebukes them or afraid of their humiliation. But they can just lay everything out before you. And when we do that, you turn and you face us and you minister to our situation. 
God, I just ask that any here who have a need would take that first step and reach out to you by coming forward and voicing that need in front of this church family in your presence today. We love you, God, and we thank you. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray.